Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Roger Report podcast. We have hit the wonderful milestone of 60. We don't have a birthday cake on our like, but... No, we're meant to have sweets. Yeah, we're meant to have sweets, but James James on garden leave. Um, <laughs> no, he's not really. He's just, I don't know, been on a mad one this weekend, I think, or something. <laughs> but he's not in. Uh, so I'm your host, Connor Bromley. Uh, my first time in the job. I'm hoping not to embarrass myself. We've got Gav. How's it going? Good. And we've also got Jack the Jobber. Hello. Uh, do you want to tell me a little bit about yourself? Yes, um, I am a local I don't know what I'm <laughs> um, YouTube presenter slash writer who predominantly covers wrestling. And I think if anyone who follows the Rogue Report Twitter account knows, bit bit fond of wrestling, lads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's all right then. Mm-hmm. Us two are. The rest of them are here. That's uh, why there's only us. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Everyone else fucked off the day. Um, I should mention the name of the website they work for. It's called Cultaholic.com, and the YouTube channel is also called Cultaholic. You might. Maybe you've heard of me if you know about a place called What Culture, but we've since left for reasons that I won't get into. <laughs> no, it's just want to start our own thing, and um, yeah, that's that's pretty much. Long I'm a subscriber. Some... Content's good. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Good content. Lovely. What Culture. Content. Whoa, I can't say anything about them. No, I'm joking. They still do the wrestling shows. Well, yeah, sure yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. And I subscribe to both. Both good channels, good lads on both channels. Yeah, because you were there when Kurt Angle was there. Yes, he's very polite, man. Very polite. Yeah, I love that. Were mm. you at the Kurt Angle show? No. Oh, he's not a He's not a wrestler fan. Didn't go to the Kurt Angle show. He was a furiously polite man. I was like, how was your your flight, Kurt? Good, thank you. Very, like, like, proper eye contact, proper serious. And I was like, all right. I felt felt a bit (laughs) intense. I was like, Jesus. Yeah, and I had that, uh, I can't remember who it was, but I had the Bruce Springsteen video. Joe Henry, yeah, that's local hero. Yeah, I've yeah. seen Joe Henry a few times. Cool, and he was about rambling. Nobody's going to know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, right. So coming up <laughs> on today's show, we're going to look back on um, Bristol as we've dubbed it now. Uh, the game against Bristol City on Saturday. Uh, we're going to discuss some individual performances, ponder on some really bad goals that we conceded. Mm. Uh, although Bristol City probably think they conceded worse goals since they scored two own goals and we're going to look ahead to next week's game against Brentford answer some Twitter questions do the three word review it's all going to be fun I'm excited aye aye let's go okay so we'll start with the three word reviews Um, I don't know do you want to hit your first what are your three word reviews from the weekend Um, up the arse nice that's that's what it was it was like a rocket up the arse nice Got us where we went and went to be. So up, yes. the yep. up the arse. Up the arse. The one, the one that I saw most tweeted at me on Twitter after you announced that I was going to be on the show was WTF, which is three letters more than three words, but yeah, but it's still what still fuck. makes sense, doesn't it? Really? Yeah. I mean, 
it was it was a weird game. Like I was thinking, like I'm going to be on the podcast. I hope there's plenty of incident to talk about. So there's lots to talk about. <laughs> I hope it's not a nil nil or something like that. And yeah, I wasn't expecting quite that level though of drama. Yeah, yeah. I don't actually think we've drawn nil nil this season. I, I don't Someone's so. going to pull up on that. Yeah, probably. All right, okay. So only one Kino says Connery's are us. Robert Grimwood says absolute scenes, mate. <laughs> Uh, Andrew Cameron says Joel fucking Azoro. <laughs> Zach Stainbank says four four two with a picture of Mike Bassett. Oh, manager. fantastic! Yeah, good film. Well, not really terrible film, but whoa, brilliant film. Yeah, Mike, Mike Bassett. Oh, it's a it's a it's a classic, I suppose, but it's rubbish. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. it's like a good rubbish film. Yeah. Peter Wilson says what just happened. Oscar Brownswood, TM trademarked, says holy sweet Christ. Tim says the Sunland way. Ian says C can play. Graham Bell showed some spirit. De Niro Miguel. It's a, it's a very um, flamboyant name. Latin American, I yeah. think. What just happened? Am I high by Hoggett? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you tell me. Uh, my brother, Niall Bromley, says I'll take second. I, I don't know what that means. I'll take second. Bottom? Second bottom? Ah, yeah. Hi, that's I'll right. take second bottom. Maybe not. That just seems a bit silly. I mean, Your brother. You're going to have to ask him after this. Uh, Sunland, New York slash New Jersey. You see, very continental, yeah. Says, who is OG? I presume he's referring to Ungle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably like, what's second top scorer now? Yes, he, he actually is. is it? I think he is, yeah. <laughs> Not ideal. Tom Atkinson, who uh, is an editor for Rook Report, says, build on momentum. Johnny Goldsmith says, happy Rusev day. I presume that's... I know Johnny. Yeah, I presume yeah. that's a... Do we, wrestling, well, is Lana and Rusev in there? Yeah. He's a scary see what every done, day though. is Rusev Day. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Oh, obviously not with it. Not, not, sure, not sure how it's relevant to the game, Johnny, but cheers. No. <laughs> Mickey Love, love son than me. Uh, Miguel again, he sees a sorrow messy. You see, just so much pandemonium. Little too late, some Paul Adams has said. Some people are being a bit negative. We had a bit of that in the group chat, actually. Yeah. Negativity about that. I think know. it was a... I mean, on the performance, it was... Like Jack says, it was a bit hectic, like... Um, uh, I think you've got to take the positives from that. When you're three 0 down and you manage to get a point, you can you can be you can be negative about the goals, and we will get into it because there was a lot of bad defending. But, I've um, actually got a really like bad pun that I need to sing in <laughs> first. So, uh, are we ready to lay the smack down on Sunland? Oh. <laughs> Is this going to be a recurring theme of the podcast? Give me a hell yeah! And also, we've also got to say we are proud to be sponsored this week by our Twitter follower SEFC North Yorkshire. He responded to our sponsorship request. We literally uh, just said last week, like, does anybody want to sponsor us by buying our sweets? Yeah, the sweets are on. The sweets are on. He had and a then day, by the way. Copley has the sweets, but hasn't turned up, so uh, we don't have the sweets. But next week. Um, so you, you can sponsor us for two weeks, mate. Uh, yeah, you can have a free, free extra week. Free week. What sort of sweets? Were it? It, was it was like, like a retro sweet box off Amazon. Yeah, it like, oh, it was like a bundle. What, what a bit of a bidding war going, didn't we? It was yeah. like him and another guy on Twitter. The other guy sending photos. It was like a bigger, fo- bigger like selection of sweets. <laughs> and in the end, he just gave up. You and nah, I can't compete against that. <laughs> yeah. like. So next week we'll we'll have the sweets. You won't be uh, here though. No, no, never mind. Yeah, shit happens at the end of the day. Right, okay. Let's just get straight into the game. Then it was three three. Uh, the best comeback since like 1991 I think I saw I haven't come back from three goals um, Jack do you want to just take away how do you feel watching it come through well I mean I listened to the game um, and uh, you know when you know when we're having a bad season so like every season and, <laughs> and you concede more like every, with every goal that goes in you sort of it's really bad it's like a sign of apathy I think like you, you sort of pay less and less attention to the game as it goes on so when it hit half time I was barely paying attention and then we got one back and I was like oh hang on it's alright consolation and then honestly at 3-2 I didn't think 
I thought there's no way. I was quite pessimistic, honestly, until and then there was that unbelievable save. Which before I saw it, I thought because when you hear it on the radio, you expect it to be like even more amazing than it was. But it was one of those instances where the save was as good as like it yeah, sounds. I was like, I can't believe he's done that. Do you think? Yeah, you should have scored. You should got to put that in a corner. It's hard. The, the the save was unbelievable. But you put it in the one area the keeper could have saved it. Mm. I think that's a striker who is like snatching. It's a bit harsh maybe to say snatching his chances, but mm. I think an informed striker would have put that away. Possibly, yeah. I mean, take nothing away from the save. Hell of a save, but I'm but, being harsh maybe. But yeah, just to sort of sum up, I, I don't know. Like generally, I, I was very confused with how to feel because I wasn't. I saw a lot of like massive optimism on Twitter and stuff because we just come back from three goals down, obviously. But I thought I couldn't really let myself enjoy it as much because I. <sighs> It all depends on it all depends on the Brentford game. It all depends on how we follow it up, I guess. Yeah. Well, Carl Bridgewood asked on Twitter, would you blame the tactics or the players for the horrendous first half? From what I saw, the players just didn't seem switched on and bothered, so I wouldn't have mattered what the tactics were. Um bit of both. Um if you watch the first goal, I mean you've got to consider how early in the game it was. I mean we're what, mm. four minutes in when we conceded. I mean, why is our defensive line that line that high for a start? I mean the, the the pass is brilliant from the from the free kick and the touch from Flint, you know, to bring it down and score, great. But I mean, why is the defensive line that high? Why are we, why are we pushed up that high? You mean you're asking for a for a pass over the top to just land at someone's feet and it did. Probably the I mean, when you when you're preparing for a game and you you're like studying your opposition, Aiden Flint is the biggest threat in that team from set pieces. And after four minutes he scores from a set piece. And it just switching off, I think I think it's a the switched off Tactically, maybe they were told to play a little bit higher because um, I can't understand why you would do it unless you were told. Yeah. Um, the second goal, the midfield just go completely missing. Um, I think Browning, I've been a big fan of Tyus Browning this season at times, but I think he just looked mentally switched off. I mean, it was a good pass again. It was a good pass yeah. for that goal, but you're right, he did sort of just let it trundle past him. He did. Really. And. Lacks a days ago. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, yeah, and even even there's a few things with that goal. Really, I mean, John O'Shea takes ten years to step up. <laughs> the whole defense steps up apart from O'Shea, and like that split second difference. He, I mean, he steps up too late. The pass gets through. Um, but then you watch, you watch. Obviously, Clark Salter's trying to break breaking his neck to get on the line to block block the shot. Um, and Browning kind of just trundles back. Um, I've seen a few people suggesting that he might be injured and playing through an injury, which would kind of explain why he's not sprinting at full pelt. But I mean. He, you can kind of mistake that, can't you, for for bad workmanship if if he is indeed injured? But we don't know. I'm being told that. Um, and then the third goal, I mean, it's just, again just sloppy, sloppy defending, sloppy, sloppy play. We did we didn't cover ourselves in glory at all, really. Um, and I, I think when you the problem when you go one goal down the game is it's a bit of a kick in the guts. You can't. It's hard. It's hard to refocus when you've planned all week. For a certain, you know, game plan and style and tactics and what have you, four minutes it goes in, you know, in the bin because you're one nil down and you're you're immediately on the back foot. Um, and going into half time, I think it was pretty clear the manager had given them a rollicking, and I guess that's what pulled us over the line. You know, I mean, I'm I'm a big detractor of Billy Jones and Lee Catamole, but they played a massive part in the comeback. You know, the first goal, Jones's ball in, perfect. I mean, I'm I'm not a fan. Of Billy Jones at all, but you've got to give credit. That was a great ball in. It's a good header from Catmull as well. Good header. I mean, I probably he was first so open as well. Maybe just because the ball was so good. Probably because they just were like, "Oh, Lee Catmull's in the box. Yeah, he's <laughs> not going to do anything." So. Nosebleed territory for him, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I kind of he came close to scoring against Derby, wasn't it? That's it. This season for him. I mean, in terms of performances, um, Azoro continues to look like 
probably our best player at the minute I, in the last I, month. I said I said now a group chat before. I think I think Asoro is probably the most improved player since Coleman came. I mean, uh, I, I, honest to God, I watched him earlier in the season for the twenty threes, maybe five six times, and every game he was crap. Never once looked even on the same level as players his own age. I mean, but since Coleman's came along, he's just improved a bucket load. I mean, I think I think when you watch him play, it's quite clear he's just been told, look, don't worry about holding possession, trying to trying to you know create chances by crossing the ball in the box. It's not your strength. Just commit a defender. Go one-on-one with a defender. Try and take him on. Try and beat him. Try and get the ball in the box. Because that's all he does. And to be fair, that's his strength. He's quite good at it. He's got a lot of pace, um, which is hard to deal with. And I think if you watch that third goal back, I mean, Asoro totally rinses his man. And obviously we'll get very lucky with the goal. But I mean, that's, it's be, the only reason we scored was because he was prepared to do that. And we don't have enough players who do that. He's, he's like a... I call him like an uh oh player. The opposition <laughs> when when the opposition sees him with the ball, they go uh oh because they know that he's got that capability. Like an unknown quantity. Rinsing. Yeah, he's got yeah. the capability of rinsing it. He hasn't had his raw talent coached yeah. out of him and yet. You yeah. think, which you normally know, happens with Sunderland players. Uh, he reminds <laughs> us a bit of um, a dark my Triori uh, Borough. You know, just that sort of player who. Yeah, maybe, maybe not as good, but I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah just like yeah. when whenever you just think they're going to do something every time they get the ball. I was just saying, I wonder. I was going to try and think like when did we last have a player like that sort of direct but I guess you could say like what more when he's yeah. straight he's a bit more technically adept oh, than yeah, more yeah but yeah, I, yeah. I, he, he does replace that that um, unique set of attributes in our squad mm, yeah. 100% would, would have been lovely to see what more and Asoro together on the wings and then have yeah. somebody you know maybe like Fletcher in the middle who's got a bit more about them you know in terms of strength that would have been really nice to see I think would have caused teams so many problems on the break and so- Asoro won the free kick for the second goal as well you know yeah. another example I mean I think he makes a bit of a meal of it but he does get fouled mm. and you know he comes he gets taken down and it's a training ground move really yeah um, it, lo- it was weird though because it looked like it looked like Catamon was panicking. He was screaming at them. He was like, sort it out, sort it out. It was as if they didn't have anything planned. And yeah. then suddenly just McGeady was there. Well worked. Like you say, yeah, we, yeah. the thing is, we aren't used to, at Sunderland, we aren't used to that like, <laughs> at all. How often do you watch a goal and think that's straight off the training ground? Probably only one other example I can think of in probably the last three years was the goal against Hull, where you thought, hey, that's well worked. That's like something they've worked on in the training I, ground. I remember, I know it's going way back now, but Fletcher against West Ham. I was about to say, was that the yeah. same game when Lenz chipped the keeper? Yeah, yeah. yeah that was like a brilliant that. corner routine where the, the defenders moved out the way for Fletcher to sweep it in. But apart from that, we've been so bad at set pieces all season. I think that's, I mean, it wasn't a corner, but we only scored one corner all year. I don't know how many free kicks we've scored from I don't think we've scored any direct free kicks I don't know I've ever been good at corners in my life like it's just not <laughs> under Roy Keane we were, we were pretty ah, right. Allardyce for a period we scored a few like didn't we ah, yeah, the Ma- when Corny was causing havoc yeah, yeah. Oh. the Man United game when uh, De Gea scored the own goal but it was from a Corny header Kazri, yeah. Kazri um, first came in like put a couple of balls in mm. and I was crazy that Kazri had like amazing corners <clears> for like three games and then <laughs> seemed to die for no reason no and then he put then remember last I mean going off a tangent but last season even when he come he back scored, to the team he scored he? straight from a corner again yeah. who was that against West Ham might have been actually towards the end sure. of the year he put him yeah, in yeah. we were pretty much relegated straight in the back of the net wasn't yeah, it yeah we played really well anyway <clears> that's gone on to a tangent um, I would like to talk a little bit about tactics because last week I was talking about going to four at the back um, I wanted to get McGeady in the team that was actually what I said it's true you can go back I'm not just saying it um, <laughs> so was, you're saying that Chris Coleman needs to employ you I think that's an essentially <laughs> what I'm saying I'm also saying that you should listen to me more is what I'm really saying but is is that the way forward for us now I mean Coleman said 
after the game. We may have to tweak personnel or formation. I don't care what it is. I don't mind leaving a player out. I don't care who he is. If I think we're going to get a result and spark reaction, that's maybe something we need to analyse between now and the next game to get a response like that. So Coleman's obviously thinking about changing to four at the back. You know what? What do you think, Jack? Would you go? Do you like the three at the back, <clears> or do you want to switch <clears> it to a four? Well, I was thinking this the other day because, because like obviously the players were far more comfortable four four two. There was like a relief to be playing like such a more familiar. It seemed like it was there. It seemed like it seemed like we'd been playing that all season, and he'd reverted to it rather than <laughs> oh let's yeah. go to it. But I think if we could do five at the back well, I'd prefer that to four four two. But I don't think we can. So I think it might just be one of those cases where it's better to go back to basics for a bit. Maybe maybe just it's more of a direct league. Obviously, maybe don't try and be as fancy. Like maybe we're not. You know, we're obviously not a good team at the minute. So I'd I'd be in favour of sticking with the four four two. But I don't know. I don't know if he sees it more as a, a player problem or a motivation problem. I think the problem is is that his best creative players are being kept out of the team because of the system. Mm. Like you're talking about Aidan McGeady. I mean, granted, for towards the end of Grayson's tenure and then the start of Coleman's stint in charge, McGeady was awful. But I think with Graben leaving, we haven't replaced those goals at all. You've got a lad sitting on the bench who's your top scorer. You have to find a way of playing him. Um, it's probably, you know, I mean, the saw Rose... Keep is keeping his place in the side through merit at the minute. Um, but you've also got Lualoa there, who, when he's fit, um, is that type of player who can create chances. I mean, the the, the Fletcher chance, the one which the keeper saved, the, the good chance that came from Lualoa, just shooting from about thirty yards, and it swerved all over the place. The keeper misjudged it, drops to a player. Like we don't have enough players who do that. McGeady's another player who, if he's got a yard, he'll try a shot from distance. And when you when you haven't you're not blessed with good strikers. You you need to find a way to get these players in the team. So having seen what I've seen at the weekend, I think I think would be ignorant not to play against Brentford with McGeady and the team with four at the back mm. because it's quite clear that as soon as he did that, the players enjoyed the football more. There was a there was an immediate lift in sort of morale and the pressure came off them straight away. And you know we haven't got we haven't got a, enough good wing wing backs really for that to work. Your your, your full backs have to be shit hot. I was on. In a four, a lot better. So I, I, he's got it, hasn't he? Really, there's no, there's no ifs or buts now. I think, I think even if, even if he does it and it doesn't work, I say fair enough. But five at the back's not worked for probably two months now. Yeah, I think he's been shoehorning players in as well. Like I look at. Jones playing centre back mm. last week, and then Matthews playing right wing back. I know he's a right back, but he's not a right wing back. He's not gonna. He's really, a good right back, but he's yeah, not. He's a, not gonna be effective really. No. In the final third, you might get lucky, like he's a goal against Millwall, but you're not gonna get much more than that. And I just think shoehorning players into your ideology just isn't how you manage a football club. You should be looking at the team and going, right, okay, well we need McGeady playing, we need a Soro playing probably, and we need what defence because they can't defend playing in the the positions they like. Just in a in a yeah. stable, more traditional. John O'Shea, yeah. you know, he how often has he played in a three at the back? You know, he's thirty seven. Utilise what he's good at. He knows how to play in a two at the back. I know people are saying that he won't cope with it, but I think he will. Thing is you watch you watch that goal back the third one where Diadu just taps it in, that's as a... I mean, there's obviously a lot that goes into the build of the goal, but you watch the pass goes across the three. O'Shea's just not quick enough to get to it. He, like, know. falls to his knees afterwards. Yeah. You can see him, he's just like, oh, I'm past it. Yeah. <laughs> well, he possibly feels that, but you, you've you got to play to strengths. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, you, we talk about set pieces. Brown and Clark Salter and John O'Shea, very rarely in their careers will have played in a three they will have grown up playing in a two and that's possibly why you see a player getting free because they don't know who to pick up because you'll always think well there's two other centre-backs you know yeah. I mean that's kind of like human nature you would go well okay well it doesn't matter if I didn't pick it up because somebody else it's, it's a difficult up. system to play 
and you need very intelligent footballers to play it but properly. How many well. average teams get away with playing three at the back? Like how many? You look at the bottom end of the Premier League and the bottom end of the Championship. Yeah. You've got to be a good team to play it. It's got for me. It's got to be. It's like a contingency, if anything. Like we went away to Wolves and played five at the back, but that was a and flat five. Yeah, a, yeah. Which is a bit different. So I mean, it's a contingency plan, yeah. if anything. When you're playing a good side and you need to be compact, then fair enough. But. I mean, we're desperate for wins, and it's not working. Yeah, I think we need to start utilising... You know, we had a good thing on the left and right-hand side playing the fours, 4-4-2, when we had McVeigh, Watmore and McGeady, and we've just kind of lost that a little bit. We've kind of lost that wing threat, and that's where a lot of our goals were coming from at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing that makes me think you should change it. Um, so do you think, we've had this before, we've been here... Uh, I don't know how many times 20 times a season where we've said this is where the pennies dropped 3-0 down 3-3 this is the start of the the yeah. revolution this is where we're going to pick up <laughs> and is this another false dawn? It's a hard one isn't it? I mean the, we tend to think like I mean you don't see comebacks like that every day do you say it was the first one since 91 91 alright well three goal comeback it was 91 or 92 I saw some, one of the Rogue Report lads tweeted but mm. I mean you never know with Sunday. It's like sometimes you expect. I like like now. I'm expecting we to do well against Brentford, especially if he plays four four two. But if if we don't and we lose again, I think that'll just be an even bigger blow. Like I don't know. I honestly don't know. I hope like I hope that I hope that I guess I hope that they play four four two, and I hope that I hope that would at least even if we get a point, I hope we put like give a good showing. But I don't know. I don't know if we will. Honestly, I'm not too optimistic. Like, would you go four four two or four two three one? I'm curious to see what you're thinking. Oh Brian. well, it's it's a it's certainly four at the back as well. But yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just don't know because I don't know what the answer is to that because we don't really have anybody to play in the hole unless yeah. he plays just Johnny like Williams. that. Calling it a strict. Oh, it's a fo- at the end of the day, it's it's quite a fluid system. Like you wouldn't actually play a flat four in the back, flat yeah. four midfield. Like you would a Soro's best position is playing really high up on the wing, getting balls out of him so he can take the full back on. But he's not playing as a winger. You know what I mean? As long as you've got defensively, you, you, everyone's doing their job, covering for the fullbacks, it'll work. Yeah. But I mean, it, it, it's about it's about assessing positions and saying like like you say, it's a, a round peg in a round hole. Well, to put you on you the know. spot, what what is your your what would you play on Saturday? Presuming the players are fit, that we expect to be fit. Um, if Coney is fit, I would start him with Clark Salter at the back. So you would drop Brown in and O'Shea. I would. I just think that they were so poor at the weekend that you've got to you've got to make a stand effectively. Mm-hmm. I don't care that I don't I don't care that O'Shea is a, a captain a leader. I think that you've just got to look at what you've got. If Lamine Coney is fit and he's motivated, which apparently he is, we're told he is. Told he's been not pick a bother. Oh, he's been tweeting and Instagram well, and oh, everything. <laughs> Team Coney's back in action, isn't mm. it? But I mean, I just think I think that Clark Salter was the only one of the three at the weekend who who actually looked quite responsible and tried his hardest, left-footed centre-half, more used to playing in a four. Playing with Coney, Coney is the most athletic player we've got. He's a threat on both in both boxes, you know, which is a worry. You know, we've conceded from another set-piece. I mean, I'm not saying Coney's perfect. He's been awful since Sam Aldice left, generally. But I just think if, if we're playing a four, him and Clark Salter would probably be my pick through the middle. Um, interesting that Oviedo got brought off when we were chasing the game considering attacking wise he's, he's quite... been our best player last month yeah yeah I would say so interestingly I wonder I w- you just wonder whether he would play him maybe because Clark Salter went left back So, yeah, but I would play Oviedo I would play um, you can't really drop Jones after his impact I guess as poor as he was against uh, I prefer game Matthews was. personally I do I'll, prefer I've him but I think I would like probably Matthews. Pay... for some reason I see him as like a safe yeah, I, hands. I don't know why because he's 
because we're leak goals all the time, but I just see him as like I say, I think, oh, Adam Matthews, good. Yeah, he's I think, I think he's an all right right back. I quite, yeah. I don't mind him. He's it's average. Just a, it's fitness, average isn't it? I don't know whether he's fit or not. Yeah. Um, all Williams, Ajaria in the middle. Um, as much as I like Honeyman, I think we've just got to play centre mids and centre. He's not, he's not centre midfield player. Um, he needs to nail the position, Honeyman. Yeah. I know he gets a lot of criticism, like, but. In all seriousness, he does need to yeah. figure out what he is because is he a right midfielder? Is he a calm? I think he, he just does. I think he just does what he's told, and that's that's. He's it, versatile, admittedly. He's, he's good. Uh, he's got good character. He'll do a job wherever he's put. Um, now I would play probably a wide. I would have a Soros. Got to keep his place. I mean, like we said before, he was influential on two of the goals. McGeady coming in on the left just because I think the last three four games when he's being brought on, we've looked ten times better I from think a perspective. The beauty of playing them too, as well, is they can play on either side so yeah. you can I find it sometimes when I'm watching I don't like it when teams swap, swap that way. the worry is is that Soros a young lad not particularly defensively great McGeady isn't playing because he's not defensively great but I just think it's time to take risks you know we need a win we're at home the crowd will really get behind us if we get the ball down and play yeah. and I know we're going to get on to Brentford later but I'm just saying that would be my team anyways so and then Fletcher yeah and of course yeah Fletcher would you disagree, Jack? Or no, I think that, that sounds perfectly like <clears throat> I'd, I'd largely agree with that. I just think that a key. This is just a prediction. I don't know if it'll be very accurate or not, but I just think that maybe I've got a feeling Luolu will be the key. Like as the, off the bench, I wouldn't start him, but off the bench, maybe as the game drags on, maybe you'll be running at that, people. That's, maybe you'll. That's a good point to be fair because you look at impact players on the bench. We could have Honeyman, who actually I think does well off the bench, yeah, because he does well against tired legs. And the Luolu is quite similar. You know, he he's the sort of player where you would be thinking you bring him on, like oh he's got pace. Well, we're getting players back now, aren't we? Like mid- McNair. Uh, yes, yesterday other weekend, obviously we McNair. Williams both played for the 23s Rodwell England centre half oh, uh, are we getting on to him later or now? Uh, no it's, after, <laughs> it's meant to be after the break now we'll leave him for later but no I think I think we've got a lot of options there now and just try and take the positives from the game negatives are obviously the defending but that can be remedied they've just got to drill into them through the week get back to basics if we are indeed going back to four at the back um, I do think that it'll lift the pressure because I think they look very uncomfortable as a three um, and we're conceding too many goals the simple solution would just be to go well that's not working lads let's do what you're good at um, if we do that and put a more attacking team out there's no reason why we can't beat Brentford as, as well as they're doing this season 10th in the league no reason why we can't beat them we've got a draw down there as well uh, in the air that we was a frustrating game we again. Yeah. I think it was a 3-3 in the end yeah mm. uh, 3-3 not a, not a great day especially when we were 2-0 up I think at half time yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not an idea that for Alright, well uh, we're just going to take a quick break to plug some adverts and pay for everything and <laughs> not that we get paid like <laughs> uh, So yeah, we'll be back in two seconds Okay, welcome back uh, We're going to talk straight away Going to go into Jack Rodwell and see Gav steaming <laughs> as he always is whenever he's brought up So um <sighs> He played twice last week for the under-23s Um You've actually wrote an article about it on the site. Yeah. Do you want to just go on? He, he was in the Metro Centre on that, Saturday. I yeah, don't know why that that's caused a bit of relevant. a stir on social media, didn't it? Didn't uh, James Hunt, I say, he was travelling down to Bristol? Somebody did, yeah. Oh, but um, he, he, play, he played against West Ham in midweek, just out of the blue. Um, played a full 90 for the under-23. He's playing centre-half as well, where he's going to eventually play for England. Obviously. <laughs> um, and, and then uh, Saturday... The, I don't actually know because you can't confirm or deny but those photos of him like on the arcades in the Metro Centre while Sunderland were playing um, but, and then on top of this I'm sorry just to th- go on um, 
I listened to another podcast on Thursday. Uh, Martin Scott was on it, and uh, he spoke about being at a game in corporate. I think it was earlier in the season or last season, um, and Rodwell driving off after forty odd minutes with his family, just leaving the stadium during a game and stuff. Uh, it's not been a good week for Rodwell from that sense, like a little bit of bad PR on social media. But um, then he played again yesterday for the for the twenty threes against Exeter, which in itself was just an absolute embarrassment. We oh, had like six first first teamers playing, got beat two 0 off oh, Exeter's no. reserves. Um, I mean, where's the professionalism? You know what I mean. But it, Rodwell, yeah, just another good week in his house. I think. <laughs> the thing is, and not to defend him too much because I don't want to. However, what I will say is, if he played on Sunday, played maybe week Saturday, was probably his day off. So. Aye. What you expect him to do? Like sit so, in the house? Well, no, no. I asked. I asked about about why why he's just reemerged, um, <clears throat> and I was told that Coleman's kind of seen it as a bit of a punishment for Rodwell having to play for the under twenty threes. Oh, so it's not because he knocked on the no. door. No, I I I kind of hoped that he'd made up with him. That's because, what I thought. That's what I just presumed. Yeah, but no. Apparently not. Apparently it's just a thing. Like, oh, you're going to travel down to West Ham midweek and play for the 23s? Oh, you boils my pistols, Jack Rodwell. <laughs> I, just, I just wish that he would... Like, all I ask from him now is just to be like, you know what, lads? I'm sorry. I'm going to try my best to just... I've got 18 months left. I'm going to try and get in the team. I suppose we only, know, we only know the public side of it. Like, we've seen the Rodwell interview that he did. Yeah, but that with, was with his interview. Was just yeah, yeah. And then, and then, obviously, we've, we've heard the rebuttals from um, Coleman, obviously, but um, <laughs> I think Behind the scenes, the, there's probably a lot more to it. He's probably still got friends in the club, but I imagine he's got a lot of detractors in the club. Like looking at him, thinking him on seventy grand a week, and I'm playing every week. Like players, players out the youth team will be on nowhere near that. Who are actually featuring the first team now? Um, I think a solution could be a steel cage match between <laughs> Lee Catamore and Jared. <laughs> we'll just see what happens. Who gets injured first? <laughs> I don't know who would win it. I presume someone. Catamore someone would. asked on Twitter. I don't like a little Twitter Q and A. And someone asked um, who would win in a fight between Catamore and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Was Stone Cold Steve Austin. Well, he's fifties. Although yeah. he's, he's oh, scary. Though. Yeah, he's Austin. Though. He's nah. hunting that all the time. I don't know if you listen to his podcast, but he's always out hunting. So I actually unsubscribed to his podcast because it got boring. Yeah, I think he's becoming as famous for hunting as he is for being <laughs> a like bona fide best wrestler ever or one of the best. Probably get on with that later. Uh, I, I, I unsubscribed <laughs> from his podcast because uh, I got sick of hearing about DR. I, I just listened. He had he did one with Chris Jericho last week. That was worth listening to. Uh, I only listen to the ones where he's with real wrestlers. I'm really not bothered about hunting. <laughs> um, so we're all done with Jack Rodwell. Is there anything else to add? Anyone else just oh, want to call uh, him a knob on air? Just I just don't want. I just I, when you said there he's got eighteen months left in his contract, I thought, oh really? Like is that how long? I think it's like five million. I think he had left. I uh, worked it out. It was a, a, a the podcast we did after the interview that he did. Um, I'd worked out how much you would get paid if he sold his contract. It was like five, was like five point four million, something like that. <sighs> Obviously, he will have been paid about a million quid since then. So yeah, the thing, the thing, <laughs> it, thing is though, like, you, you, what brings it all down to me is like you look at the January transfer window and even the summer transfer window. The amount of money was spent, right? Pennies, relatively speaking, anyways. And then Rodwell, Rodwell's earning two hundred and eighty grand a month at least. If there's five weeks in a month. I don't know. I don't know how how the pay works out, but I'm presuming they get paid weekly. That's I mean, four, that four weeks he ends. When we haven't got a pot of piss in, he's earning an absolute fortune. I mean, there was that interview. Uh, not interview. There was the article. Um, we've got a bit about it on the site today. Um, Tom wrote it. The the article that Scott Wilson of the Northern Echo wrote about 
oh, being careful so what you wish for kind of with short because if he pulled out he's putting three million pound in every month apparently it was was that not in the Premier League is that still now uh, yeah it's based I on the old accounts I was going to say I can't imagine that what but, are they paying for now irrespectively he's I mean we're obviously losing a lot of money on players like that so someone's put the money in um, Rodwell's getting paid off somebody and they, yeah, they do say that Short's yeah. writing the checks he might not be involved but he is still writing the checks I will yeah. say that you never know what's going to happen in football like one minute Phil Bardsley's in the casino with notes in his mouth on the floor and then the next minute <laughs> scoring against Man United maybe Jack Rodwell's the hero that we need this season <laughs> Scores a goal him to keep and, us up. Him and goal machine Paddy McNair running the <laughs> midfield. I think that's how it's going. I be. actually like Paddy McNair. I like Paddy McNair. Yeah, yeah. I don't want you to. I'd like him if he wasn't Paddy McNair <laughs> with the Jack Rodwell bush. <laughs> I'd like him if he wasn't made of backy papers and spit. That's why he plays for Sunderland. True. So what happens with all these players? Like you always look at them and say, "Oh, I wish McGeady was just a bit more consistent." Aye, that's why he plays for Sunderland because mm. you do have consistent. to kind of get some perspective when when you're talking about players like that. Like, yeah, we are bottom bottom of the division. It's like uh, or second bottom. Ashley Fletcher last weekend. People like, oh, you know, he was all right for half an hour, but after that, he, you know, he didn't seem that good. And I was like, I. That's why Middlesbrough, who's also in this league, loaned <laughs> him to it because he, yeah, he, he kind of get in their team. What, expecting a world beater. What it's about is just trying to make the best of what you've got yeah, making the best of a bad situation I mean you look at that team for whatever reason they've ended up with Sunderland it's not because they're brilliant they've ended up with Sunderland like most of them are trying to A prove a point because they've had a nightmare few years B are on loan and at the start of their football career or C are youth players mm. who are here because they've it's not a healthy camera. combination is it no there's nobody in that team who's like a I don't know, like a, a star, if you know what talisman, I mean. Talisman, I think I said that last week. Yeah. We don't have a talisman in this no. squad at all. It seems to have happened really suddenly as well in like two seasons. The whole team is just different now. And I think, where, where's everyone gone? Where's Brini? Where's Larson? <laughs> where's all the good looking lads? What's happening? <laughs> no, but I, I just think, even though we were flirting with relegation season on season on season, it at least felt like the team had key figures and people that would put in a performance and stuff. And now it's yeah. just like, I don't know who all these players, I'm not familiar enough with all these players. It doesn't feel like the same club almost it's strange yeah like going from Jordan Pickford to uh, Jason Steele to Lee Camp yeah and has he made a save yet <laughs> has he actually saved a shot I felt a bit sorry for him at the weekend like. I was going to say I don't know if any of the goals were <laughs> nah they weren't his the one of them was last that, that, week that, he that, dived three minutes after nah, the ball yeah. went past him last week was his but fault he, you can't look at his record at this level I know we don't have a great deal of experience I presume that's why he's there you know good rec- kept helped keep Rotherham up a few seasons ago I don't want to. I don't want to hammer into him because he's a new nah, signing. Like, but uh, I'm nah. not a fan. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't think. Um, I don't know if he's any better or worse than Robin Rogger. Although he's out now. Yeah, three months out since the last time we recorded. So that's pretty much. Have you seen the, the photo of his finger? It's awful. Nah, it's like, I don't know, honestly. It's like purple and it's got like weights on it and stuff to try and keep it straight and it's pretty grim. Like, oh, oh. badly dislocated. Like I've dislocated my finger before. And just popped it back into place. <laughs> like that is bad. His like it's like. I always remember when your hand goes purple because it's so badly dislocated. Uh, Chris Kirkland did it when he was at Wigan. He was like crying at the side of the. Hi, I remember that. Dislocating his finger. Put like, it back oh, in. sounds horrible. Not for me. <laughs> um, we've got a Twitter question from Cameron Johnson. I've touched on it a bit, like, but I'll still ask it. Uh, do you believe that this result can be the turning point, and there's actually some fighting chance of remaining in this league, or is it just going to be typical Sunderland and fail at building that result? So I'm going to take the chances of remaining in the league. You know, what do you think? Like, if you had to give a out of 100% where, where you're staying what chance have we got to stay up um, I'm, I'm definitely a lot more positive than I was at half time in that game because um, it just looked like the rank was on the wall at half time didn't it but to show the kind of fight we did it says one or two things really it shows that they do have a lot more in them than they've shown recently um, and it, it kind of proves that 
there's life in the old dog yet, really. You know. Go on, any number. I'm here for a number, not words, Gav. Number or out of a hundred percent, what chance of survival? <sighs> oh God, uh, I'm I'm still pretty confident. I am around seventy-five percent. The reason being the, the teams down there are crap, like just as bad as we are. Jack, um, what do you think? Um, I I agree, but I'm second guessing myself because. League One, like the third tier is the unknown, so it just doesn't seem fathomable at the minute. Yeah. It's just like, well, we'll never. Sunderland are always in one of the top two divisions, and now it's like been been in that been in that division one season in my history. Once ever, I think we were top the whole time, weren't we? I don't think we ever went off top position that year, mm, or never sure. out the top two. Not sure, but we 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 we've done it properly. If you if you look at the league table after the weekend's results, uh, Barnsley got a draw, so they're sitting one place above us on twenty eight points. Burton are below on twenty five points, but they, I think. I've seen saying it all yeah, like, but I, don't, I can't see Burton getting out of it. I'm just scared Darren Bent's going to score the goals to keep <laughs> him up, like, and at our expense. Uh, How, that would be that would be you know, the cherry on top like of the cake. Full circle, wouldn't it? it? All started with him uh, going yeah. in. All <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Hull, they picked up big win at the weekend, which was annoying because they've been struggling. Still, the one thing that after what I saw of them a few weeks ago, don't think they'll have enough. <laughs> Look at their team though, and their team's got some players that like if they get Hernandez back I think that's the key for them I don't, don't, even, I don't know how long back. he's injured but I know he's got a big yeah. injury I don't know if he's going to be back this season but, but you've, got to think, you've got to think as well after a big injury how many players hit the ground running they don't really that uh, often you can't, you can't hang your hopes on one player Birmingham are in 20th on 30 points they've seen to have hot up with the loss that Derby game that, that could be a nail in the coffin that though you know cause I, well I said last week I haven't, they're a good team. haven't seen Birmingham twice this season I don't think they'll go down no I agree I think, um, I think, I think they'll shit house their way to a few 1-0s and stay up because yeah. they've got, they've just got some big bastards up front. Like, I wonder who, if the Derby win will have that much of an effect. The Derby loss, sorry, will have that much of an effect. That's on the thing because well, they probably weren't expecting to win. Now, well, Villa are second in the league, aren't yeah, they? So, so they, 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 they were expecting really... a tough game, I would imagine. I don't know. It's still, a, I think Derby games can often have a an adverse effect. Well, they did. Well, remember when we got B five one off Newcastle and then went and beat Chelsea? A couple yeah, of games that's true. Later. And I remember when under right. Poye we went there and hammered them three 0 and then didn't win a game for three yeah. months. So it can have it can go either way. All I'm saying is, is sometimes with the Derby games it gives you that sort of I don't know a loss of confidence that they've went. You there think and got you would, yeah you like the confidence have built up from the last yeah, few because their have results strange. have been quite good. Yeah, and then obviously. You, Losing well, the main rivals, the, the fans on side too recently because I know they've had a big issue with the fans at their ground. And well, when when Spencer Vignus was in, he, he mentioned he said, that didn't he? Yeah, he said that he'd reported on a few games from St Andrews this season and said, it's "I mean, you you get on you you get in with an early goal and it's poisonous in there." Yeah. Lo and behold, Sunderland conceded the goal pretty early and <laughs> did not take advantage of their opponent's weaknesses for the 80th time this season. The other team's kind of getting more and more drawn in at the minute. Is well, Bolton have been there or thereabouts all season and they just seem to be picking up results all the time. But Redden and Sheffield Wednesday Red- are... Redden are really... an interesting one. There's a few Redden fans tweeted us uh, over the weekend asking, oh, do you think... Who do you think... Like, the q and I did. Redden fan asked if, who I think will go down. I didn't say Redden. He was like, oh, that's a relief. I thought you were going to say Redden. I didn't realise they were doing so bad. They've really slid. But I said a few weeks ago about this that if results get to the point where the manager needs to be sacked, that'll, that'll be enough to keep them up. Because their squad's quite good. And um, it's mad how things turn, really. Like, you look at Wednesday's squad, though. They've got a good team. Like you, they were so close to promotion last season, the season before, and yet they've. It looks like they're going to do that thing they always do, where they could fall out. Like this, they season, they right? threw a lot of money at trying to get promoted and didn't. Yeah. So they haven't spent money this season. 
manager Carvajal, who's now like winner, just rescued dude. Swansea, <laughs> couldn't buy a winner. Chef <laughs> Wed got sacked. They've replaced him with a complete unknown who just hasn't inspired the fans at all or the players by the looks of it. Even look at I, I didn't even realize how close Forest and QPR are. I mean, they're, they're, they're 10 points from us, which is a lot, but that's not like we a, are making that gap up. Like, we might not, but another team might. Yeah, the, we, we've got to maybe look at the. I think Redden's the final one we're talking yeah. in at 32 points. I, I don't I don't think, like, rumour me head, yeah. I think Burton will go down. Um, I think Hull will go down. Just based off what I saw them against us, that didn't look like a team up for a fight. That was a massive opportunity to get three points off a relegation rival and they just turned Hull's over. And, got like and an that extra would tickle bellies, really. Yeah. They've got an extra point, though, because of that goal difference. I know they don't, but you're going to have to get above yeah, them yeah. to get above them. Like, you're going to have to actually get an extra point to get above them because that minus five goal difference is... Well, it's going to be very important. They essentially are, you know, four points ahead of us, really. Yeah, and then Barnsley losing arguably their best manager in a long time to, to a local rival. Got a good result. Well, it's played Sheffield Wednesday. I don't know if that is a good result. Draw. But I just think when you lose, like, Hickenbottom's been the talisman at that club, you know, working on a shoestring, bringing through some great players. He's gone now. Like, what do they do? Can go one or two ways, obviously, but I, I just think... Grayson to end up there. But he's a so Derby. Uh, Bradford. Bradford, Derby. yeah. Good appointment for them. Uh, I reckon it'll be Burton, Barnsley, and my head says Hull, but I think it'll be Birmingham because Hull always get out of it, don't they? They always manage somehow. Well, but, no, they don't. Against us, I mean, in games against us, <laughs> they always manage to weasel their way through. I think do it again. I've got a feeling. I've got a feeling somebody will plummet. Redden being the most obvious one. I just think when it comes to the nitty gritty, it separates the the winners from the losers, doesn't it? Like, that's what I've said for a couple of weeks now. I think. I think when the when the heat's really on, Sunland. That's when we'll come into our own mm. because Coleman's that type of manager who can who can create like a a gang mentality. I think at the minute there's still not as much pressure on us because there's still quite a there's quite a lot of football left to play. But I think if it if it and I suspect it will if it's still tight in ten games time. I think we've got an advantage over teams like Burton, like Hull. Yeah, Wait, where are Barnsley you know? at the minute? Twenty second. Twenty second. Oh, right, right. Two right. points above. The thing is, we're in that final third of the season now. We've got fifteen games left, so we are officially into that final period of the season mm. we've won the least amount of games oh. which is a you know that's a fact we've won five games and Burton's even won six and we've conceded the second most amount of goals so to sit here and say that we sort of expect us to get out of it just seems a bit I don't know I know what you're saying I think it's it's hope isn't it I, I think I think we've got about if I'm being brutally honest I think we've got about a 70% chance of going down Oof. I honestly think like to stay up it's going to be more surprising if we stay up at this point what we're relying on now is two things I think I think we're relying on a complete system change which galvanises us to the point where we stop picking results up um, and we're relying on some of the injured players coming back and making an impact players like Williams would, I mean he's really been he's back into it he's been back training for what feels like a month now played quite a few games for the under 23s um, I think you've just we spoke about this a few weeks ago but You've got to kind of look at his his relationship with the manager and the success he had under him at Wales, and just think, you know, could he be a catalyst? Really, could he be a an impact player towards the end of the season that can help pick us up? I would like to see him play at the weekend. I think I think there's a spot open in the centre of midfield for Sun at the minute, and I, I like that you know. uh, Ajaria. I think was that his name? <laughs> yeah, butchering it maybe. I, I quite like the look at him against um, uh, the team that beat with the other week. That's all. <laughs> yeah, he, he did all right. I, I quite liked him. I think it would be nice to see him continue. I see what I you're think, saying about Williams. Like. I think I think he's come that with Ajaria and with them um, Clark Salter, they've they've come from big clubs, but they've 
they've came here on the proviso they'll be playing quite a lot of football. Yeah, I would imagine that's generally the case when you loan top prospects from big clubs. So I, I, I would fully expect him to play in there. With if we're going to play four at the back, Williams, Catamore, Jaria seems pretty sensible, doesn't it? Yeah. Right. Quick Twitter question. Uh, we have touched on it, but straight yes or no from Lou SAFC would you have a 4-4-2 starting the next game with McGeady and Lawalawa on the wings Fletch and Azor up top would you be uh, yeah I gave me team earlier but I think yeah that would be alright uh, I was going to say that's what I was thinking when I said yes you when were going 4-4-2 initially but you've convinced us I think <laughs> that a five man midfield is probably probably better yeah Azor yeah. though if you play 4-4-2 could kind of not necessarily be the up front well, the thing, thing is you've when you've got a striker like Fletcher, who's six three, six four, something like that, um, you, you you need to surround them with bodies. So Asoro and McGeady are never going to play a conventional role, like on the wing, hugging the line, trying to get down, beat that man. You know, the Asoro play very high up the pitch, probably like right on the the touch line, basically, but very very high. Looking, but you saw McGeady's ball to him for the, I think it was the was it the third one, yeah, yeah. um, just get him out wide. And get the ball to his feet and let him take people on. McGeady's a little bit different. McGeady's best position is playing off somebody. So the problem is with with the system that we're talking about is that if you if you if it sounds great from a attacking perspective, like oh he's going to take this man on and beat him down the line, blah blah blah. McGee's going to get on straight. Great attacking perspective, fantastic. But when it comes down to defending, who can you count on? Who's going to cover for the full backs? You know what I mean? Yeah, I suppose you've got to. Rect- it's yeah. a tough balance, but yeah. I, I made the point earlier. I just think you've got to take a gamble. In the it's about time we did. When Katz was good, he used to do a good job of that, covering for wingers who weren't yeah. tracking back. Would mind touching on this briefly? Actually, Catamol yeah. deserves a bit of credit Over. for the weekend. Like, oh yeah, I'm I'm <clears throat> I'm a bit of a detractor, like, but I think I think that when you watch the, I mean, the first goal um, is obviously from his header, but he made he made the commitment again at the end of a cross, which he doesn't often do. Second goal comes from his free kick quick thinking obviously him and McGeady have worked on something there and it's paid off third goal I made this point earlier on it's, it's actually a, I mean it comes from a, a good bit of team play actually but if you watch we'll win, we'll win possession back in the centre of the park Catamol gets the ball spreads it wide and he screams at McGeady to get forward and we we'll score from McGeady's past him at the sorrow so I just think you've got to give him a bit of credit actually this he, is what you know I think we've it'd be nice if he could do it more often but I think that's what we've been asking for. Yeah. Like for a while, uh, Catamon, we've been saying, like, Cowie, we know you can do it. Grab games by it. the scruff yeah. of the neck. Do yeah. it. Do the Kevin yeah. ball. Although, uh, maybe I was really shocked because we're used to him doing grabbing games by the scruff of the neck, but in a more defensive sense. Like yeah. like the nil nil Ars- against Arsenal and Advocat. Yeah. Or the, I'm sure it was a few years ago I went to a game. Chelsea. Yes, phenomenal. Chelsea, when he was just unbelievable. He just blocking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We drew nil nil in that but play, na- I remember. But now that we need to. You know, win games and pick up points rather than just survive and cling on. I mean, maybe, maybe he is. Capable. I was really shocked that he got forward as much as he did. Maybe it's because of. I think it was just desperation, like, wasn't it? Yeah. It's like somebody needs to do it. Looking around, who else is going to do it? It's not going to be a bunch of kids. Yeah. It needs to be somebody like him who's got a lot of experience, good leadership qualities. He needs to be more of a mentor. And I just think. I just think that he. The the problem is with players when they're in their thirties and they've been through a lot. Like Catamol's played since he was sixteen year old, professionally played. It was a Middlesbrough team when he was sixteen. You 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 become worn down by it all. The obviously the the countless relegation battles and mentally it wears you down. Then there's the expectancy again from to pick this team up. Um, Coleman speaks often about his his impact or she's impact. I mean, I, I I'm convinced in my own mind that our long term future 
as a club on the pitch. It only improves when we get rid of players like Catamol and O'Shea in my eyes because I just think I just think that you need a signal change eventually. But at the minute they're there and we've got to use them. And Coleman's very reliant on what they bring. So if Catamol can do what he did against Hull and what he did in the last game more often, then he's a, he's an asset to us. But if he plays like he did at Birmingham or he plays like he did against Ipswich, he's he's no use. Hmm. And it's about it's about him himself kind of looking at his own performance in that game at the weekend and going, why why can't I do that more often? What is it that's stopping us from just grabbing games when they're when they're in the lurch like like that was, even when it's nil nil? Why what's stopping him from doing that more often? It's got to be a mental block, surely. But thankfully, it, it paid off at the weekend, and I think he does deserve a bit of credit. No, I agree. Um, one last thing on the game that I just wanted to briefly bring up was: Did anybody see Lee Johnson's interview where he no. took blame? He said oh, that he I, I was, read about it, but I didn't see yeah, it. He, he yeah, he basically said that at half time he was saying to the boys, let's try and beat these six or seven rather than see it out and try and win three or four. Mm. Do you think that had an impact? Do you think Bristol City should have, at half time, just went, right, okay, we're going to win 3 0? Shop shop. Maybe they have been a bit cocky because they had obviously the, I mean, they had a good showing or a good couple of showings against like Man City and stuff like that. Maybe they Good did, cup run, yeah. Yeah, maybe they did just get a bit. You know, think. Oh yeah, we're probably going to hammer these. I never thought of that. I didn't. I didn't to be honest, that interview. To, to be honest, I think uh, their form's been really, really poor. Yeah. Since that cup run, um, and they probably just thought, God, we haven't felt like this in a while. I think that. You know what I mean? Because the... they they were they were doing really well before the. Yeah, they were. The, and then they it's beat the Manchester United happens, and went it? and had a poor run. Um, so mentally, you've got to think that they probably panicked a little bit and thought, Ooh, right, we're three 0 up. Um, right, let's make the most of this. It's and. Yeah, took the foot off the gas totally. I mean, we we got a bit of luck. Obviously, the two goals, the two one goals, very lucky. Were just one of those things. But from a professional standpoint, if you're three 0 up in a game, you've got to say that out. Yeah, no, you definitely. Particularly if you're going for a promotion like they are, they're in the well, I think six in the league. I think that that game's gonna it's gonna damage them. They're not gonna go up now. I had them down as going up this year, but I think you you can't play the second worst team in the league and well throw away three nil. You know what you're saying about their manager coming out and, t- and taking the blame. He's just taking the, p- the pressure off the players. Yeah. Because he knows for a fact what the fans are going to be talking about straight after the game. And that's it, really, isn't it? Right. We'll move on to Brentford. Um, the tenth. They're pretty inconsistent, really. They're, what eight points outside the playoffs. So <clears throat> they'll be looking at this with a eye on the playoffs. I don't think they'll be expecting playoffs, but they're certainly going to have a keen eye on it. Um, and what do we think? I mean, this is the sort of game that interesting we team need Brentford. Win. Really interesting. I listened to Totally Football League podcast last week. Um, they had Billy the Bee on the lad, the lad who's going to be doing our show on Thursday night. Good so lad. people, yeah, people will have to listen out for that. But he was on the Totally Football show and they were talking a lot about the way Brentford do stuff. Really interesting. It got me thinking a little bit about Sunderland. But I mean, obviously their catchment area is London, so it's a lot easier. But they basically axed their academy completely. Like don't enter leagues or anything. Created a B team. <clears throat> Ironically, their nicknames are bees. Created a B team. Um, who only play friendlies? The the players all travel with the first team squad to matches, so they're all they're in that environment. And the focus, rather than recruiting their own players, like from being eight nine year old, what they do is they um, they look at like top academies and think like players who get released and try and pick those up, like the ones like Madger that we picked up. Yeah, yeah. But obviously their catchment's a lot better, so they're in London. So a really interesting club. Like have tried to do something totally different. Um, and obviously on the pitch they've got they've got a lot of players who from that way of thinking have come through like Ryan Woods was linked with us a couple of times I think he's like yeah, that main main side. player centre midfield player um, they've got 
the guy back from Norwich, I forget his name, Spanish lad, Canos. Sergio Canos. Aye. Yeah, good player, really good player. So the the 10th for a reason. I mean, the, the, they're sitting just out, outside the playoffs, but you've got to think resource-wise and things of not spent a lot of money, lost their best player in the summer and still have done quite well. You know, so build a new ground, I think as well. I think they're like a club on the up. I'm sure they're in they're, London, of course they are. Yeah, I'm sure they're leaving their ground and building a new. If, you, if if you're anywhere near London, you're sorted. Like as soon as you get promoted, it'll be but big for them. We've we've um we've just got to ward against the mistakes that cost us against them earlier in the season. Like you said before, two 0 up against them, managed to throw the game away. Um, I don't think you'll see a similar kind of game at the weekend. I think I think we will go back to basics, calm it down a little bit. Um, but they're going to be. Like every team does, looking at our league position and thinking, good chance for three points to help our 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 own prospects out. Then they're not going to be coming here for a draw. They're going to be coming here to win. Predictions, then, Jack. What do you think? Um, I'm going to go for one-one um, on the fence. Yeah, I just think, <laughs> I just think we should. This game should be a boost, and it should lead to a in a perfect world it would lead to a win. But I think it, they are a, they are a top half side, and wins don't come easily to us. So I I don't think I I don't think we'll. I don't think we'll play badly. I think it'll be an admirable performance, but I can't see we're picking up three points. I'm going to get called all sorts on Twitter. I'll <laughs> bedwet nah, you'll, but... <laughs> you'll be fine. <laughs> I called Newcastle Town the other day and I didn't get an out. So. No. Ah, he was talking about, you saw, there's a nice, well, you were on a red smokehouse, weren't you? Yeah. Like, Art in town and Copley's <laughs> oh. like a proper <laughs> Macram though and he's like, what do you mean by town? <laughs> a Welsh Macram. He's Welsh. He's a uh, proud Welshman from Hendon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, my prediction anyway is um, I think we're going to catch them off guard. I think, like I've just said there, they're coming for three points. They're a possession-based team. We've done very well against teams who try to play football against us this season. It's one one plus side of of the results we've picked up this season. We, we tend to do all right against teams that come and play a bit. Fulham tried to do it and we beat them 1-0. Right, going to be cool. though. Yeah, but we we were down to ten men. I it was nil nil until still we won that year. You reckon? But I, I just think I just well, we beat Norwich. Hull tried to come and play on the ground and didn't do well. I think we'll win. I think it'll be one nil. Think I think just the the impact of bringing some fresh faces into the team. Coleman definitely hinted at after the game. That's what he'll be doing. Should be pretty easy to predict who he's talking about. McGeady, assumably. So yeah, one nil win. And I think I think it's going to be some positivity to build on afterwards as well because we've got some tough games coming up. Sweet. I'm going to. You've convinced me. I think we'll win. Two nil. Not going to say much more than that. <laughs> Two 0 I'm, I'm confident. I think McGee will score. I think Asora will as well. So yeah, that's me. Uh, so we're going to talk a wee bit about wrestling. We've got some wrestling Twitter questions. Oh right. <laughs> okay. Love well, that. obviously you re- you retweeting the post attracted yeah. some wrestling fans. Yeah, wrestling yeah, fans okay, so who are also Sunderland fans. You probably put it in the bio to skip yeah. to like 50 minutes. <laughs> Just if you want to get the like wrestling. wrestling. Yeah. We're trying so, uh, to get though. There do seem to be quite a few Sunderland wrestling fans. Well, when, when yous are doing little gifts about, yeah, like, yeah, you know, like, yeah, people seem to respond. The right. guy, you, the guy you said you knew, Johnny, Johnny Goldsmith. I yeah, he he always tweets us. He's the lad. Do you remember there was a there was a WWE show and there was a lad stood with a Moyes out sign. Well, what? No, I'm sure that was him. I'm sure no. it was Moyes out or something. That was him. He got he got caught on telly with it. He was like holding the sign. I went I went um, WrestleMania 30 and I had my son the top on. And I got on camera. Nice. There was one. A, there was one a couple of years ago that. Um, Oh, what, which WrestleMania was it? It might have been two years ago, and someone oh, had a thirty-two or something. It was, I was think it was. Time, sure. No, there was a there was someone with a massive 
like it was like a massive um, Carl Magnier head. Carl <laughs> Magnier, he plays for Hartlepool now, but he was at Grimsby at the time. As a Grimsby fan, always gets on camera at WrestleMania, and he was holding up a Carl Magnier head. It was giant. It was random because it was like the main event at WrestleMania. And Carl Magnier's head <laughs> just there. This claim to fame. Aye. You should ask Danny Collins about that. He plays for Grimsby. Ah, uh, yeah. Never yeah. thought. Oh, well. I don't know if he played for Grimsby with Magnier. Like he's been at Hartlepool a few years now. Oh, he probably didn't. Maybe mm. there eighteen months. Right. So, um, Daniel McIver, 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 McIver. Don't know. It's an American TV show, isn't it? McIver. <laughs> Who would Sunderland be if they were a wrestler? I'm thinking oh. James Ellsworth or. Barry Hollowitz. Oh, he's having Horowitz. a bit of, Barry Horowitz. Having a bit of banter there because they're just jobbers. Yeah. Uh, Barry Horowitz was like really good wrestler who was just made paid to make people look really good. Yeah, I don't want a jobbers. Mm. Oh, these don't know. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah, I'm, uh, don't wait, man. I'm trying to taking the audience <laughs> into account here. Yeah? I think Steve Blackman because nice because I used a big to, stick. When I was a kid, <laughs> I loved Steve Blackman and I didn't know why. And it turns out I just thought he was cool, but. Like Sunderland, you don't feel like you've got a choice in like I just liked him. I was like, oh, he's good him, <laughs> and didn't win too much, but you know, he'll always be a favourite. That's you, Steve Blackman. Did you ever find when you were watching wrestling, like I would be, I would have like one guy I supported. So I supported Mr. Kennedy, and I was like <laughs> huge on Mr. Kennedy. I loved him, and I used to hate it when because he got released from Randy Orton got him released I think I think the story goes there was a bit of a he accidentally injured someone or something like yeah, that yeah and I was like absolutely raging because I, I was <laughs> sure Mr Kennedy was going to be like future WWE champion he won money in the bank and he was Mr Money in the bank and he cut a good promo and I loved him and he, he ended he's up he's Mr Anderson now yeah I know but I'm not interested yeah. on the indies <laughs> did you notice when Newcastle signed Kennedy the other yes. week they used, they used Mr yes. Kennedy's uh, interim music the only time <laughs> only time I've ever retweeted Newcastle yeah. <laughs> that video I was laughing I love Mr Kennedy who's yours well Steve Blackman who's yours Gav who'd you say was if, your like if underdog were... you supported oh well and Sunderland I suppose it's the same question really isn't it um not because we are a job a team, aren't we? Like we do a we do a an away guide, obviously before every game, and the opening section every time is who are these jobbers? <laughs> and and uh, like whilst he writes it, and he basically just tortures the other club, and he's really good at it. No, he is. I'll like, have a good I, I kind of think Sunderland are the jobbers, aren't they? Really, yeah, like Gilbert or something. We are literally Gilbert. The, we are <laughs> like you know you know like obviously what. It, if if a if a wrestler they're, they're trying to build them up, they'll give them a series of good wins and stuff, oh. like short snappy wins. We are literally that. We are like, if 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 a wrestler needs a bit of momentum, they'll put him in a few jobber matches and make him win easily. Like Sunderland this season, how many times have we played someone who was out of form and got beat? So it was Zach Ryder or something. Nah, no, Ellsworth we are. Been... I, I agree with it. Ellsworth, we are James. Wow, Ellsworth, like, what do you think? Oh, aye, that's, that's bit pathetic. <laughs> um, lose all the time. People don't take us seriously. But he did get a title shot once. That was us cup final 2014. Yeah. Didn't quite get there. Next question. <laughs> That's, at, that was very good analogy. That, that was really good. <laughs> at DATM91 says, which wrestler would you like to see in the Sunderland squad? Oh. And which current SCFC player could you see inside a WWE ring? Um, I'll just go for Neville or Noam Dar because they're British. And Neville's from Newcastle. Isn't he mag? He is, but well, I'm Noam Dar's a mag. And, you know. nah, I don't it's know, not but... done us too good. That's chop Ronnie. Uh, well, I'll go for Noam Dar because I just know that he's a Scottish lad who was into football before he got into wrestling. We might still like them both. And he, and he always, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, no, if we're going for someone like, uh get like Lesnar, bit of, bit of metal in. Uh, in someone scary. Yeah, someone scary because we're not, we're not a scary team. Yeah, Lesnar played NFL, didn't he? He tried to. He tried to break into it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <I tried laughs> like that. Sort of. He tried to. 
Well, he got he left wrestling to try and do it, and then he didn't quite do it. So he went, "I'm going to be a UFC fighter instead," and then became the champion of of like real fighting as well. And everyone was like, "He's a scary wow. man." Aaron Boat, yeah. I've only NCAA seen him live. champ as well as mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I've only seen Lesnar live once, and I was just like shocked at the mammoth scale of him. I've never seen him in real life. Well, I've seen him from a distance in the ring, but I've never been near him. But yeah, oh, I was about maybe fifty yards from him. And I was especially when he was next to Paul Heyman as well. He's just a Paul Heyman is about six foot. He's taller than me. Is he? Yeah, but it's like a little fat man on the telly. He's next to Lesnar all the time. Yeah. Oh, oh, I met him for about two seconds, and he's he was like, I'm about probably five ten. He's he was probably about six foot. Paul Heyman. I was like, I can't believe this. How big's <laughs> Lesnar then? I thought it was just terrifying. I love Paul Heyman. Yeah, he's good. Like Paul Heyman. Well, you wouldn't mind Paul Heyman in the Sunday dressing room, would you? Yeah, when, when we're preaching, he could he could talk anyone into doing anything. I think like, oh, he's incredible. I've always loved him since. I can't believe that they got rid of him though ten year ago, didn't they? When he had the ECW brand. Yeah. And I remember being raging about it because I used to love Paul Heyman so much. And he like brought through CM Punk in that, didn't he? Yeah. He's, oh, he's a great lad. Is, he, went, still, is he still going in the WWE? He's yeah. still Lesnar's like... Did you take one um, eye off the... I, I don't even watch it that closely. I know he's there. Oh, damn. He's still Lesnar's like mouthpiece. Oh, he's good at this. Yeah, he's good. Very good. Yeah, I know he's good because whenever my mom like comes in or my girlfriend comes in and I'm watching the wrestling and Paul Heyman's on. I was like, oh, I can't stand him. He's a horrible <laughs> lizardy man. Like, he's doing his job then, isn't he? Yeah, he's doing his job. My, right? my girlfriend is a wrestling fan. I made a huge mistake there because I can't escape it, like work, and then I see her and she's <laughs> talking about wrestling. So I'm just like, <laughs> but never mind. I just pretend that people are know that I don't watch it so, that, so I don't have to converse about it. <laughs> Jake Collinson, who's a big fan of uh, the show, uh, he's always retweet my stuff. I've always realised. He yeah. says, "Would the hurricane save Hunderland? Hunderland? Hurricane Sunderland Hunderland? From would the hurricane down. save Sunderland from going down? No, because he came back and it was the Royal Rumble recently. Hurricane was a surprise. You know, they've got surprise old lads. Yeah, yeah. Back. He was one of them, and he got eliminated in about three seconds. I used to like Gregory Helms. That's like him. Hur- yeah, no, yeah, I know. Right, like oh, that character, you. the Gregory Helms. Mm. He's good. Um, he's just like the Hardy's mate, isn't he? Yeah, mm. he's got a great theme song though, the Gregory Helms theme song. But like." I'd, no, he wouldn't save her. He he didn't last. He tried to choke some John Cena and just got choked out. <laughs> Wasn't he tag team with The Rock once? He had a little rivalry with The Rock once. Oh, you have a rivalry with The Rock. Yeah, he was, tag team it was partner. when The Rock was he turned heel, turned bad. For anyone who doesn't know what that means, and The Rock was all Hollywood and like, oh, I'm the best. Like, I'm going to leave wrestling for Hollywood and that. Good storyline. And the Hurricane like beat him because someone distracted him. The Rock was livid. Very funny. Yeah. Adam Pearson says, "What would you do if Vince McMahon bought Sunland?" I remember once they're going to buy Vince... Newcastle. He's going to buy Newcastle. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> that rumor has been going years. Yeah, it has. Yeah, he's not buying Newcastle. I would me. Like, imagine, right? If you bought us, or if you we're the one with the American owners. Can you? But not? imagine, right? Just before kickoff, we're playing and uh, Man United in a big <laughs> FA Cup game. Lights go out. Triple H's as game music comes on, lights flash all over the place, fireworks come off. Oh. And it would literally be like that, wouldn't it? It would have a total Americanization of football. There is a there is a wrestler who is a Sunderland fan, of course. Um, have you heard of uh, Tyson Kidd? Oh yeah, is he a Sunderland? No, fan? but he was. No, he was. So I was at that. I was at that show. I was at that show. There was a house show on in Newcastle. Neville came out, obviously in a Newcastle shirt, and everyone was like, "Wait." Someone threw a Sunland shirt into the ring. No, he came out with it on. Did he come out with it on? Yep. Came out with a Sunland shirt on to get like to get booed. Genius. Do you know what was do you know what was good about that though, right? Was that when they brought out to four? No, that was a different. Oh, year. that was the, brilliant. The, what was good about Tyson Kidd wearing the, the Sunland shirt was um the who was it? I think it was Neville. Kept trying to rip it off his back. He took it off him two or three times, he put it back on. <laughs> like, He's a massive lads fan. Uh, <laughs> massive no, lads fan. That. Tyson Kidd. Tyson Kidd. He can be the new Mr. Kennedy. And then the year the year later, um, Jack Swagger came out in the red and white singlet. Is Swagger still going? No, he was not wrestling. Totally he wrestled in Newcastle last week. We went to a show called Five Star Wrestling. 
and he's, he was the All-American American Jake Hager his real name oh. and he became the five-star champion he beat John Morrison remember John Morrison? yeah yeah uh, Melina Eminem and all them yeah, yeah all them yeah. yeah yeah I've met Melina she's a lovely woman did she, she do the splits? She follows me on Twitter. She's probably my most impressive Twitter nice. follower. Yeah. But I follow you with Daylight, like, so... Oh, nice. Right, yeah. Fair enough. One of, one of you. Still waiting for that follow back, mine. <laughs> we'll be on after the show. She, she was meant to her, like. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard some stories, but I won't go into them. We I all have. the X-rated podcast. Just, just promiscuous lady, that's all I'm saying. Uh, I am Taylor says, what would be your wrestling name, wrestling finisher, <sighs> and gimmick? You've probably been asked that a million times, you, but I've never been asked that, so... Uh, Oh, you can think while he's answering. I did a little, um, I did a little run in a couple of weeks ago at an indie show called North in Riverside in Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Um, you make goes to them shows, I. Yeah, does he? Yeah. Who's that? It's called Adam Richardson. Oh my! Aye. Big bloke with a beard and that doesn't wet it down. It comes say, to wrestling fans, or does it? Does he say one fall? Because then people irritate me. Oh, the no. big one fall champ. Yeah. That uh, so, me. my I don't have a finisher, but it's the only offensive move I've hit in a wrestling ring ever. There's a lad called Primate from Newcastle. Yeah, I know him. Jay. You know him. So, uh, I know, best mate, I know of him. I, cracked, <laughs> I had to push a cameraman out of the way. Got into the ring, like, low blowed him. I got told how to do it safely. I didn't actually <laughs> catch his balls. What are you telling us that it wasn't real? I know. What? Hang on. Wrestling's not real. What? Uh, what? Jack, so you've just broke my heart. That would be my finisher, sorry, anyway, because. Because <laughs> it's finisher to break people's hearts by saying, no, it's not real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, it's about as real as you send us. What were the uh, other ones? Name, ring name. He's got one. Jack the Jobber. Jack the Jobber. Uh, I suppose gimmick. Jobber. Yeah. I, I, that was the first time I've ever been a heel in that match, and it was brilliant. It's so much easier to get booed than it is cheered. I threatened a lad in a wheelchair. I know him. Oh, I don't really know. It's all right. <laughs> I know him. And after the match, just separately, just after, one time he threatened no, a guy. In no, a wheelchair. it was while I was getting because Liam, the lad who I was helping out, like did the whole like Devon get the tables and all that, and we we're taking the piss. And then um. I rolled out the ring and got a table from under the ring and I had to pretend it was too heavy so he had to come and help. And um, as I was struggling with the table, I saw Josh, a lad that I know in the crowd, and I went, if you try anything, I'll slap you in the face. And everyone booed me. And I was like, that's easy, this. really easy. <laughs> I nearly got chinned off a wrestler once. Oh. Yeah, Jack Chester. I was at an ICW, <laughs> I was at an ICW show, right? And uh, I think I called him a, a twat or something. I don't know, I just called him something really inoffensive, but it got him raging. He like, came in the crowd trying to get us and stuff. He probably didn't. Was he not just? No, he like tried. Like, he was literally in the crowd being held back. You got one of them faces. Actually, I might have called. Him, I was pissed, like, so I might have been a bit stronger. <laughs> than but I did. I did call him something pretty nasty. I think. Uh, well, you got an idea for a wrestling name, Gav? Uh, the Gaffer. That'll that'll make. Uh, oh, the Copley. That'll get Copley going. I called myself the Gaffer once, and he hated it. And he Why? just takes the piss ever since. Because he's the Gaffer. You can't, oh, you Gav, can't, you can't be too. Gav bad. the Gaffer. Gav the Gaffer. Aye. Me finisher would be. Uh, it'd be like a shooting star press. Oh yeah, the shooting stuff. Uh, I can imagine you because people because people would pay to see me do that because it's so unbelievable. I you know that could be like a good rogue report thing one day is if we did like a WWE game thing and <laughs> make your character to fight each other. That could be good. I'd win, champion. I would win. I'm good at them games. You look nah. I'm who good would you? At games. I'm trying to think who you would be. Oh, I'd probably be an embarrassing one. Like, who would a... if you could if he could be anyone in wrestling? Would he be Chris Tall? I don't know. I don't want to be. He'd be offensive. Oh yeah, Chris. What? From ICW. Chris Tull's a, a midget. <laughs> a midget? Yeah. yeah. I'm taller than you. <laughs> but he's had it, but he's, he's slagged like, me and the lads off online before, so I don't care. Yeah. Has he? Ah, uh, a little bit. I'd just, have you ever seen the video where there's like a dwarf rock around and he's calling people a shagger? I think right. someone calls him a sh- That's him, anyways. People probably. I'll be like Hornswoggle. We've lost, pe- we've lost people by now. He's, yeah, he's basically ICW's version of Hornswoggle. Nice. Yeah. Uh, 
former cruiserweight champion on Swaggle. He was. I remember that. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. Well, we've done. Um, we've done the the wrestling section of the show. That's over now. So, Sunderland fans can tune back in for the last two minutes. <laughs> um, we've got two questions that are just kind of generic Sunderland ones. So, Jack, what's the best game you've ever been to? Preferably Ooh. a Sunderland game. Yeah, of course. Although I have been to England's six-one demolition of Iceland when I was a kid. Nice. I saw Wimbridge is only international. <laughs> they got revenge for that the other year. Iceland. They did. They certainly did. Um, I'll go for ah. Oh, in terms of like pure atmosphere, certainly in the past few years, either the one nil over Newcastle when Defoe scored that volley. Oh, half time. That game. don't yeah. remind us of that game. Or, I was having a piss when he scored. Oh, oh. Gavin. Oh. I thought I thought it's like two. It was like two minutes before half time, and I was like, I'm just going to go for it now before the queues develop. Oh, oh he tried to beat a queue, and he missed one of the best goals I've ever seen. To be honest, I would now say now I know that information. It's the best moment I've ever had as a Sunderland fan. I said when I went in the the office the next day, I said to Ross, obviously a Newcastle fan. I said that's the best that's the best goal I've ever seen live, and he was like, "You've probably not been to that many games then." I was like, ah. <laughs> um, or do you remember the Everton game under De Canium? Oh, it yeah. felt like the beginning of something new and everyone like, when he oh, when he came on the pitch and they played the, yeah. the, the music yeah. the, the, and he came on he was like oh, in hindsight brilliant. it was a bit ridiculous but nah, the, that was a wasn't a great game but it was just a turning point good performance. I think we stayed up off the back of that game didn't mm, we did pretty much I'll also say that um, I really enjoyed the it wasn't like the most memorable game or anything but the 4-0 against Cardiff brilliant loved that oh, Wickham yes. scored two I think Jack mm-hmm. scored one and Barini might have scored a penalty. He always scored penalty. I was one of the few that was a Cardiff away that year. That was a great day. We scored like a last minute. You got a callback scored right at the end. Oh, right, when, right, when Vincent Tan booed his own club. Aye. <laughs> that was brilliant. Aye, at the end you did. <laughs> no, he wasn't He wasn't even doing the thought. He literally had two hands to his face like, boo! <laughs> with his like Bond villain shtick. And he had, he had like his Cardiff top over his dress shirt tucked into his pants. Aye, shades, it was a shades on. It was a night game. <laughs> that was a good win that a good Aye. draw didn't even win felt like a win so it's one of those three I'll go with the Newcastle one I'll go with yeah, the full volley it's yeah. got to be beating the mark uh, who is your favourite ever Sunderland player actually oh. I'm curious to see what Gav's answer is this because I don't know my favourite ever Sunderland player what's yours ooh I prob- is ju- just judging as a player or generally because Niall Quinn Niall Quinn for everything done for Sunderland when I was a kid I never used to get Phillips's name on the back of my tops it was always Quinn until he stopped playing but then he came back and saved us and I don't know. I'll always be grateful to Niall Quinn, but as a player, I loved him as well. So, so just I was I was a, I was a little bit less trendy in that sense. Like everyone thought Super Kev was a bollocks, but I thought Niall Quinn was the was the real um, was the real showpiece in that partnership because Phillips wasn't nowhere near as good without Quinn. And I was always I, I just grew up loving him. I thought he was. I met him a few times when I was a kid as well. I thought he was brilliant. See, I always had a problem with Niall. Not a problem, but my brother is coincidentally called <laughs> Niall, Niall Quinn. Yeah. Niall Bromley because... <laughs> my brother's called Niall <laughs> Quinn. <laughs> it's called Niall Bromley because when my mum was pregnant, they didn't have a name and they were watching the football highlights and Niall Quinn scored. You would have loved to have been him then, wouldn't you? I know. Wait, well, that's the thing. Well, uh, I wouldn't say that online, like, but on there. But my mum heard the name Niall Quinn and went, oh, it's a great name, we'll call him Niall. And then, lo and behold, like years later, he was signed for something and then chairman, saviour. Mm. And that's his name. Him or, him or Julio Arca. Julio was a big player when I was a bit younger as well. I oh, that was good. What would you say, Jack? Who are you going for? Well, the first season that I remember being a Southern fan because I don't remember the I don't remember the playoff loss against Charlton. I remember learning about that later on. So yeah. I think, but when I first was a Southern fan, I think it was the season when we just absolutely walked Division One, ninety eight, ninety nine, I think. Yeah. So probably, I mean, probably Phillips because. I wasn't old enough to understand that it was Quinn helping out loads as well. It just seemed like, oh, Phillips scores all the goals. Everything. He must be amazing. And he was. The announcer at Sunderland as well back then was class. Like when he used to announce. Uh, say that scores. again, announcer? Announcer. You didn't say it like that. Announcer. Announcer. <laughs> announcer. <laughs> announcer. Uh, also, 
I started to get, I started to fall off football a little bit in sort of 2010, 2011, when I went to uni and stuff. And then Barini got us back into it big time. I'll never, I know Barini, everyone's opinion of Barini's gone well downhill on that, but I'll never, um, I'll, I'll just always be like, oh, Barini was my boy for a bit. Loved him. It started off as an ironic one because he came off the bench in that derby when he scored. And I was like, who the hell is this? Like, Borini. I was like, mispronouncing his <laughs> name. And then he scored that amazing goal. And then from then on, every big goal that was scored, it was him. Like, we'd get a penalty, be like, who's stepping up to take it? Oh, it's Barini again. I'll never, yeah. And uh, Carlos Edwards as well. Love Carlos Edwards. Nice. Oh, good pick. I'm going left field. Stefan Schwartz. Oh. Love Stefan Schwartz. For the haircut. Well, he had blonde hair like me, so I just love You Stephen haven't got blonde hair anymore. I know, I'm going bald. When I was younger, <laughs> I had blonde hair. He scored an amazing goal, though, against Arsenal. <laughs> oh. Uh, in... Or one or two, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think I saw a video of that not long ago. Like I, Chip, wasn't it? No, was it Chip? I was at that yeah. game and I just remember being like, what a player. Like, he was, <laughs> he was unreal. Stefan Swartz, like. He was, he was class. That was back That was back at the time when we got players who were just out of their prime but were still quality. Like, yeah. we got bold as well around oh, the same time. Speaking and... of that, I'll have to give a mention to Wesley Brown as well. I love Wes Brown. Wes Brown? Yeah, I love Wes nice. Brown. Yeah. There was the game where he randomly just decided he was going to man-mark Aguero out of the game and he did. Do you remember... I remember Wes Brown, Mark, and Crouch amazingly once. We beat Stoke 4 0, I think, mm. under Bruce. And Wes Brown was phenomenal. I, yeah, I can't Mark, believe I didn't see him at first. Uh, Wes Brown as well, one of my favourite son of his ever. <laughs> Big bad Wesley Brown. Aye, Brown. Don't know about favourite, but I did like him. If he was fit, <laughs> it would have been class. Mm. Right. Well, I want to say a big thanks again to our sponsor this week, SCFC North Yorkshire. Really though, you're North the sponsor. Yorkshire. North Yorkshire. Yorkshire. Tell us getting the end of the show. North Yorkshire. Know, it's happened last week. Put your teeth back in. I know. Uh, but no, thanks for that. You'll be in next week as well. We'll have you as a sponsor. Sorry. We'll you actually get the sweets. Sorry that we usual host is uh, complacent. And Send a really on. angry tweet to James and James bites as well so you'll get a great <laughs> reply. Like if you say it, it like everything. James, you're a knob, you'll literally, you'll you get 10 tweets. It. How's that like? I've actually still got fish hooks next to his name because he always bites everything. <laughs> what? Saved in your phone with fish Saved hooks. in my phone with fish hooks because he literally, that's all he does. <laughs> One time I actually got annoyed because on WhatsApp, the way the message comes up, I thought you were sending me fish hooks and I was like, the little, oh no, it's because I've saved him fish hooks. <laughs> he is. He's a bite I like. He loves a bite. So does Graham. Graham does as well. Got some, I, what's it with podcast? Podcast? I'm doing it now. Podcast host. What's, what's it with podcast host? I'll start getting biting. precious soon as well. Aye. No doubt. Not that I want to do this again. I think you've done all right. Thanks. That's what he says now. Group chat later. Though, like, Come on, you did the intro wrong. You did the outro wrong. You started talking about us on the outro. What I say? My I've never done gone. that in my life. I'm so precious. <laughs> uh, so yeah, thanks, SCSC. <laughs> <laughs> You've been bottling that up, haven't you? I know, for years. Um, <laughs> don't forget to tune in to our special podcast. Uh, we've had like a historical podcast on... Podcast? Podcast. I'm going to keep pulling it on that. Uh, do that on our grammar as well. Yep. Awesome. Uh, we do... <laughs> we released a podcast on Saturday about Lee Rose with his biographer. Lee Roos, there's another one. Roos. Oh, it is Roos. Can I do this bit? With his biographer, Spencer Victus and Sunderland historian Paul Days. Um, everyone loved it. I've seen all the replies on Twitter. Everyone seems Got to a good be... reaction. We're going to do more of them, I think, because, uh, I don't know. Do you know what I would different? love to do? Like, Podcast season reviews. That'd be good. We're, we're going to do that. Are we? I think oh, so. I've just decided right now we're going to do that. You think? I think we should maybe like record them after this like, one week. Just no. Like release them in future. Oh, I thought you meant this week. Yeah. Not this week. Yeah, we'll do. we'll do it in the next couple of weeks, definitely. Tell you what we'll do. We'll On the back of this, we'll put a poll out on Twitter, a couple of seasons up, 
Like four, well, four, four different ones, and we'll much stayed my light after because no, no. We'll do, what's what we'll do? We'll we'll pick four out. We'll let people vote for which one they want to listen to. Nice. I'm looking forward to that. There we go. I'd I'd listen to it. That's good. Yeah. You listen to it every week, though, don't you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, I do as well. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's no That's different, right. is it? No. <laughs> uh, we've also got our Roger Report Extra Show, where Graham is joined by Billy the Bee, who is host of the. Uh, best and only Brentford podcast, I guess. Besotted. No, he must be good. He was on. He was on a good. He was on the Totally Football he, Show. He's the guy who gets me on Channel Five. Is he? Yeah, good guy. Be. Nice guy. He was whinging the other week because uh, I've been on like every time I've recorded, I've got on him. Whereas he's like done seven and only been on once. Fist. Fuming. It's because I've got just one of them faces. <laughs> I think. You probably do the like your dark camera and angle and all. Like it's always from underneath. You can see all your chins. Whereas he's probably got like a professional setup, and they're just like, his is more authentic. We're going to pick the Sunderland fan. I'm just, I'm trying not to bite. <laughs> <laughs> trying my best not to bite. Now, fair play, I couldn't do that. Like, yeah. What do the video thing? Just, I, do you know what the worst thing about that is? Couldn't that? be asked for people telling us. Eee, I just seen you on Channel Five. I, I get it all the time. I've got like aunties ringing us. Was that you on Channel? Five? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just from my job, YouTube comments are brutal. Oh, I get all sorts. It's brought out insecurities that I didn't even know I had. Don't know. I just knew stuff. Like, look at Jack's crooked teeth. I'm like, what? When did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> my girlfriend's like, you got a blackhead on your nose and you recorded that. And I was like, I didn't know. Have I got a blackhead on my nose? <laughs> <laughs> I just get it every time. My mom's like, yeah, I can't believe you didn't brush your hair. I can't believe you're wearing that stupid red hat. The amount of people who hate that red hat. And I was like, it's Sunderland merchandise. He's probably merged up when he's on Channel 5. <laughs> I class. do. Right. I have to wear a hat because I'm conscious of going bald. Right. Every, every motherfucker in my life tells us that I'm going bald. So I have to wear a hat. Oh, I wear snapbacks in summer. Nice. Yeah, I enjoy a snapback. I can't do that. Because I wear the hat all the time on the channel on Cultaholic. But with if I wear a baseball cap, I look like Ash from Pokemon. Nice. <laughs> my hair goes. I'm, my Is there anything wrong with being Ash from Portman? No, no, not at all. I like Portman. I've been playing with my nephew recently. Actually, do you know what? That's just going on a tangent. I'm forgetting that we're recording something here. Uh, so, cheers, Jack. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having us. It's, been a, it's been a pleasure. I love talking about wrestling. If you ever want us to be a guest on your wrestling show, just <laughs> give a shout. Just drop us a message. Yeah, of course. Big, big, uh, big YouTube personality, Connor Bromley. I've seen on Channel 5. Just mark <laughs> that on Channel 5. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just. <laughs> it's going to be in your Twitter bio tonight. Get it in. <laughs> Do it. I see it on Channel Five, uh-huh. Football on Five. <laughs> I should like Photoshop a picture of me and Colin Murray. <laughs> <laughs> get a bit of Mickey Gray in there as well. I should do that. Well, yeah, you know, you can get, get Gavin as well. He likes the wrestling. Yeah, he likes it more than me. Yeah, I'll get you. I mean, I'll have to clarify with the lads and that. Okay. <laughs> I look forward to probably not receiving <laughs> pressure uh, in the poor lad. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's why I did it on air. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to broaden my horizons. I'm going to be a wrestling journalist. No, it's so. been. It has been fun. And I was I was worried that I would I'd like not have any knowledge at all, but I think I've done all right. I don't think I get too much abuse from some nah, of fine. Might start. What I might start doing. Um, have you? Do you ever listen to Total Spot on Boots in Newcastle? Sometimes the 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 two pundits, like the Sun and Newcastle pundit, they have to rate the journalists out of ten. Oh, for their performance on the podcast. So, so I'm putting you right on the spot now. You've got to rate Jack out of ten as oh. a guest. I will point this out before you do. Uh, when I came out of uni, when I just graduated in 2014, I did apply for a report and got turned down. Oh, <laughs> Genuinely, that is true. Oh, well, Gav, were you there? I might have been. Do you know funny enough? What year was this? 20, it would have been, it would have been the autoon of 2014. Ah, I, was, I, I don't think I made them decisions. No, I think you did. Funny enough, the other day, we were in the group chat and he said, oh, I've got Jack the Jobber coming on, but uh, he can't write for shit. That's what he actually uh, said. I did say that. Yeah, like. fair enough. 
Nej, det er det. <laughs> <laughs> I nearly believe you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you can follow Jack on Twitter, at JackTheJobber. Yes. Um, have you always been JackTheJobber? I used to be at Jack underscore the jobber, and then at Jack the jobber left his Twitter account. And I was like, yes, I pounced on it. Nice. Uh, at Cultaholic, I should say as well. For the, yeah, for at Cultaholic. Uh, SCFC North Yorkshire, thanks again for the sweets. That's the third time you've said thanks. <laughs> I know, but you got to do it. You sponsored with <laughs> well, it. fine to put I think you actually forgot that you've already said thanks, him, and that's you've why you've done it again. In the outro twice. What I you might just stop. I'm reading your script. We call you Ron Burgundy. You just read what's in front of you. Like. <laughs> yeah. Well, you complain about uh, James when he doesn't do that. Okay, come on. Right, okay. On. Gav, Body thanks board. for showing up, so it's written, but I don't know if I'm <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm uh, I've been your host, Connor Bromley, uh, and have a proper banging week. Hopefully, we'll win on Saturday for you. And then, when are we recording this again? Sunday. Sunday night this week. I uh, will have one out on Sunday for your morning commute. We'll be talking all things Sunderland wins after we'll be Brentford. And then be Bolton on Tuesday. Get up. And then be Borough. Get up. Alright. Knock down like. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.